Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Brennan, PGA professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's, women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk about to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore Golf Pro. So another week's in the books. We've had PJ Tour coverage this weekend with the Heritage at RBC at Harbortown. Again, an amazing tournament always to watch. Uh, tight fairways, beautiful scenery, and always the lighthouse coming up on 18. So, going back to Tennessee, Sneds Tour in full effect, winding out the first half of their season, uh, leading to the Tour Championships coming up towards the end of July. You had tournaments at the Crossings, Dandridge, Graymere Country Club, Link Hills, Cedar Crest, Fall Creek Falls, Swan Lake, Stones River, Temple Hills, Ruggles Ferries, the River Club, Dyersburg Municipal, Lake Tansy, Knob North, and Forest Hill. You can check out all the results on these at snedstour.org. Going into the Pro-Am Series uh, in Memphis, they played at Glen Eagles. Congratulations to Chase Harris winning, Mickey Barker coming in second, Brian Wood third, Rafe Quarter fourth, Sid Johnson coming in fifth, going over to Knoxville Av- Avalon. Miss Allie Knight three in a row, shooting a little 65. Uh, Scott Moran coming in second. Going over to Tri Cities uh, at Pine Oaks, Chris Stacy first. Dylan Jones coming in second, and Chris Woods coming in third. Moving to the Mid State Champions Run. Congratulations to Ron Cumbeth winning over there, Zach Smith coming in second, and Matt Selva. You can check all those out at T-E-N-T-E-N-N-P-G-A.com. Now, list was kind of short this week for the players in the Pro-Ams because we had a big event going on at Alcoa, Tennessee at Green Meadows, Foothills Invitational. Thank you, Scott Wilson, for putting that event on. Uh, it is a four-man, one pro, three scratch amateur, two best ball, two-day event. Had 24 teams, 98, 96 players teeing up in the field this week. Great job there. Scott Wilson's team brings it home, shooting a combined 41 under two ball for two days. Winning by 10 shots. A way to get it done out there, guys. Uh Braxton Hunter's team comes in second, tied for second with Glenn Hudson. Jared Melson's team comes in tied for fourth with Chris Dibbles. Those at 25, Hudson and Hunter at 31. Jay Chapman, Botts, Ron Botts, uh, shoot Mike Vance uh, coming in tied for six at 24. Going down the list, 23 under, Lauren Personette, Bobby Cochran, Jake Reeves, Walt Chapman, Adam Forgie, Scotty Knipe, all coming in tied for ninth at 23 under. So there was some great play out there this week. Now, if we go into the professional side, 
Want to congratulate Ryan Bott shooting eight under for two days, 136. Uh, winning the event, Adam Forge, Glenn Hudson coming in at seven, uh, tied for second. Walt Chapman, five under and fourth. Casey Flanagan, four under and fifth. Again, goes all the way down the list there, so check those out at tennpga.org. Now, going over to the senior professional. Mr. Bill Breen, your senior state open champion from a couple of weeks ago, getting it done, shooting 12 under for the week. Um, Body Johnson coming, Johnson coming in second, Chris Dibble, Jared Meslin tied for third. So, again, you can check out all those. Now, going to the amateur side, this is kind of what was really impressive. The hometown boys, Beeler, Bradshaw, getting it done, 14-12 under, 1-2. Todd Bergen coming in 10th. Lucas Tabor coming in at, uh, fourth at eight under. Bo Andrews coming in seven under for two days. So, again, a lot of birdies to be had out there. Want to congratulate Eric Olsen on hitting a hole in one during the competition. Um, Eric shot even for the event, still played well, but still nice hole in one hitting that little shot. So, we've got the 1st of July knocking on the door next week. So, I hope everybody's safe for their travels. I went to Twitter and Instagram this week for the majority of the show, just kind of taking the questions, listen to what the listeners have to say, and kind of giving back to it. So Tony comes up with, how do you get more distance? And again, I'm sure this is leading after the Bryson DeChambeau transformation um, of what he was able to do two weeks ago in Texas, and still the shots he was hitting, um, amazing tee shots when you could actually open it up uh, and make that swing um, at Harbortown. Um, but, Tony, there, there's really three things that we talk about um, as far as how to gain more distance, and, I, and I'm going to dive into each one of those a little bit um, and, and go through them with vague detail, but still kind of touch base so you can kind of see what we're talking about. And, and I've always said this, but the first thing you get is instruction. And this is where you go see your local PJ professional. You work on your technique. You find out what your distance killers are. Again, you can see a lot of information on YouTube and teaching sites and stuff like that. But until you have somebody look at your golf swing and break down what's causing you to lose the distance, um, sometimes that information can hurt you. You could be doing something, trying to do something that you read in a magazine or see on a YouTube video, and it's actually not hurt, not what your problem is. So this is where the one-on-one instruction, having somebody look at your golf swing, and again, there's a lot of really good sites that you can send videos in. The instructors will spend the time with you, set up a call, go FaceTime, Zoom, however, and be able to look at your swing. So again, Tony, if you're thinking it's something in your swing that's causing you a loss of distance, get with your local PGA professional, figure out what's going on, and, and go that route. The second side I've always talked about is fitness. It's going through a golf-specific routine and workout. Again, this is where DeChambeau really comes into play. Um, he went through, bulked up in mass, maintained flexibility, uh, speed, didn't lose anything, uh, and has been hitting some amazing shots. Now, he's not the first person to do the speeds. Cameron Champ averaged uh, 190 ball speed all last year with his peak being 198. Um, and Bryson's breaking into the 190s uh, now is his highs. Um, so, again, it's, it's not that Bryson's the first person to hit 190 uh, on the PJ Tour, but it's Bryson's the first person to really put on the wake and bulk up and do it this way. Now, David Duvall, years ago, uh, when he was uh, one of the top players in the game, 
went through a total body transformation, won the British Open, um, and then stepped away. Now we see him as a commentator uh, on the sports. Tiger Woods has always been known for his golf fitness and how he really brought an athlete to the game. Gary Player was the guy always working out and, and doing push-ups and sit-ups and chin-ups and, and an amazing thing. So, again, all these stuff just carrying on what's been done for years. But the golf fitness side, and we've talked several times in the episodes. I know Scott Stallings uh, from Knoxville area, Oak Ridge, um, has done a lot of articles. And, again, he's done a, a, a body transformation from when he was in college to several years on tour. And we've seen how he's maintained his speed and his distance. So, And I covered his article several several weeks ago uh probably my first 10 episodes or so uh on here but you can go back and find that and it was I actually went over a list of your top 50 fitness instructors throughout the state and here in the mid-state uh, performance one golf institute uh in franklin ranked up there with ashley um so again if you're looking tony for the fitness side of it that's a great one to go into um there's a lot of really good information mytpi.com kind of covers all your bases of uh, for that you do need to get with a fitness instructor to go through their test to figure out what areas you need to truly focus on i know that's what ashley does so well and then the third side of it tony is really into the fitting uh it's finding the head and the shaft combo uh and the ball even um that give you that type of performance um if all golf balls and we'll tell you a secret here but if all golf balls were created the same they would only sell one golf ball. Every manufacturer makes somewhere between three and six different variations of golf ball, depending on the player. And again, if you're looking for distance, if you're looking for spin, if you're looking for control, flight technology, there's a golf ball for you. It's just finding what suits your game the best. Um, and I know I've talked about the, the Titleist uh, performances too, as far as how they go through the fitting process, working from the putts all the way back. And, and however you're looking for it. So again, this is where you partner in with your instructor, your fitness coach. Uh, make sure your body's where it needs to be and take you through the fitting process. Generally, I'll tell you a driver technology um, is about a three to five year investment. Um, the manufacturers come out with drivers every year or two. Um, generally, there's not, generally, there's not a big enough change from the 2019 to the 2020 model um but there may be big enough change from the 2015 to the 2020 model so again that's just where you get in and test and there's a lot of really good testing facilities across uh the state here where they'll put you on trackman or flight scope or foresight or, or whatever their fitting software allows you to see um your local clubs that do fitting days and demo days throughout the season i know a lot of those are going on as well um, but when you're looking at the fitting side, and again, a set of irons is probably a five to eight year investment. So depending on how old your clubs are in the bag, I know when I bring a new student in, the first thing I want them to do is bring their bag in. I just want to make sure there's something in their bag that's not holding us back. Um, for instance, one of my students came in with, uh, the dry region plan for the last five years. He had upgraded, uh, to, um, just a buddy's old driver, used driver, but it was newer than what he had. And when we hit him on the monitor, um, we were able to see some 15, 20 yards total distance increase. Um, and, and so, you know, some of it's partial luck uh, when you do it this way, finding it from a buddy. But again, lucky's you'd rather be lucky than good. Um, but just finding somebody that can walk you through the process and get you fit for clubs that are going to improve your game and not just because they're trying to sell you golf clubs. Um, but again, Tony, three parts to getting more distance. It's going to be the instruction, making sure you don't have any 
power losses in your swing. It's the fitness. It's the making sure that you have the speed and the stamina and everything that you're looking for to hold up. And in the fitting, just making sure you have the right tools in your hands. Um, so going back to Instagram on this one. So Chris is wanting to know about how to choose if you should have a fairway wood or a hybrid in your bag. And, you know, if you've listened before, you know I get into the fitting side quite often. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. It's being able to hit it on the machines, um, being able to hit it outside and see the ball flight, uh, or however is best for you, but figuring out how far everything lands. Um, so the general uh, consensus of what I'll tell you the difference between a fairway wood and a hybrid is the fairway wood is just going to allow you to hit the same shot over and over. Um, because of the size of the head, the loft, uh, and everything, it just, it's not going to allow you to de-loft it or really add a lot of loft. It's basically going to hit the same trajectory every time. Um, I mean, you can move your ball back in your stance and do some little odds and ends, but there's not as much workability there. So if you're just looking for that one shot, um, and again, a great example was um, this week at Harbortown. There was a par 5 they were talking to me and Faldo talking about a three-shot hole and Webb and, and Paul Tesori as caddy go through this conversation and Webb takes five wood up and over the trees. I mean, just this absolutely beautiful shot and never flirted with, there was a canal off to the left and it was never in, in, in his mind. He just knew that ball would get up in the air and do that. Um, so again, if you're looking for just that one shot over and over and over, I'm definitely going to recommend the fairway wood. Now, if you're looking for a little bit more workability, being able to take a little off of it, put a little bit more behind it, um, I, I like the hybrid. Now, I've, I'll carry both. I, I really will. And depending on the golf course and, and the tournament, I may have multiple fairway woods. I may mul multiple hybrids. I may not go with a fairway wood at all and just carry a strong lofted hybrid to kind of do the same thing. So it really depends on what you're looking for there, Chris. So again, what I'd say is get with a local instructor, uh, your fitter, uh, spend some time, go through, figure out where the gaps in your game are. Um, you know, if you've got a driver that goes 260 and a three-wood that goes 250 and then your, your hybrid that goes 215, you need something to fill that gap. And then that's where hitting it and finding out is it the five-wood, is it the seven-wood, is it the three-hybrid, the 18-hybrid the one hybrid, depending on whose company you're with. Um, but it's really just looking at that and figuring the holes and the gaps in your bag. So, Chris, I hope that helps you out just a little bit. Going to Twitter, Jeff, again, all about the fitting questions. As we start playing and seeing a lot more golf on TV, want to know how the guys choose the clubs that they have and stuff like that. And so Jeff is coming with a wedge question about, you know, how do you fill your gaps how do you choose the lofts of the wedges in your bag? And again, this is a little bit tougher one. So I'm going to throw that kind of blanket statement out there. Like I talk about YouTube's great information for your swing, but if it's not pertaining to you, it doesn't help. So there's my disclaimer for this one. But when I go through a wedge fitting, um, what I'm looking for, Jeff, is we find out what your, your pitching wedge or your approach wedge uh, to your set uh, that you currently have goes flies carry distance up. So again, depending on what level player you are, what types of clubs, uh, the pitching wedge is going to be somewhere in that 46 to 41 degree range, depending on the manufacturer. Your approach wedge or your gap wedge, depending on, again, on the manufacturer itself, is going to be something in that 47 to 52 range. 
So just figuring out how far each one of those goes and figuring out where your next tool is. And what I mean by the tool is what is the shortest full swing you want to make? Um, and, and for me personally, I, I want it to be about a 65-70 yard shot. I want to be able to make a full swing from 70 yards and not worry about having to under pressure, take enough off of it, or shorten my swing enough. And so for me, I carry a 64 degree wedge for that. Um, and that way I can just step up, make a comfortable swing. It's going to go straight up in the air. It's going to fly out in that 65, maybe 70 yard zone. It's not going to move very much when it hits and it's going to sit down. So then you jump up to the pitching wedge to my set. Um, and so I've got uh, my pitching wedge is around 45 degrees. And so now I've got this 64 to 45. So I've got this 20 yard or 20 degree gap um, that goes through my bag. So what I did then is looking at that gap, I broke down where I wanted everything to be. Um, and so I added a um, 50 degree to my bag. That allows me to take about 5 degrees off from my pitching wedge. Works out to be about 12 to 15 yards. Um, so if the pitching wedge is flying 135, then my 50 degree is going to be right in that 120 carry zone. Um, and then I move to a uh, 56 so I do have a little bit larger gap between my 56 and my 64. Um, but again, it's, I'm uncomfortable letting off the 56. I'm not as comfortable letting off the 50. Um, and so now my 56 flies in that 1, 105 range. Um, so again, i got about a 15, 20-yard gap there. And now I've got about a 30-yard gap on the backside. But that 56, I can hit some really you know three-quarter type swings and hit some 80-yard shots uh, pretty comfortably. Um but again, Jeff, it just get with somebody, get on the launch monitor. Um, I know I was working with one of my students on wedge gapping uh, today. They're getting ready for, uh, they've actually got about six tournaments in a row uh, traveling all over the, the the state and even back to their hometown, their home state of Wisconsin. Um, but just really dialing into the gap numbers. If you have an 85-yard shot, being able to execute it and, and hit that shot uh, with repetition. Um not even getting into the bounces and, and the grinds that, that every manufacturer, because again, that's just turf interaction and, and what you're looking for. But the biggest thing is just finding the gaps. Um, I know the Cleveland CBX line has been amazing with a little bit of a uh, cavity back wedge along with a blade style groove system. Um, Callaway, the, the Mac Daddy Fives, uh, we've seen what Mickelson can do with those guys. Uh, the Vokies, uh, Webb Simpson's actually playing the SM7s. The new SM8s are out now. But again, those guys are, are, are finding out what clubs work the best. And, you know, to having the opportunity to meet Bob Vokia and sit through a conference and, and talk to him, he will, a lot of times, if a, a player wants a 55 degree wedge, well, he doesn't make a 55. So he has a 54 and he has a 56, and he figures out which bounce angle what turf interaction this guy needs, and then he tweaks the loft of it that one degree. And again, one degree doesn't sound like much. It's only a couple of yards. But it gives that guy the ball flight and the trajectory he's looking for. So it's all about making that uh, player feel comfortable with it. So again, Jeff, get with your local fitters. Figure out what's going on. Um, there's a lot of great wedge options out there. Uh, but just really figure out what clubs you need. I mean, I even know some of the new sets have... 
basically a pitching wedge, an approach wedge, and a gap wedge before the sand wedge because of the lofts um, and the technology based on the club that you're looking for. So figure out what's in your bag, what needs to stay in your bag, and then get with somebody, get on the launch monitors, hit the shots, and figure it out. So staying on the club side, Corey coming in from Instagram asking, what's in Webb Simpson's bag with him playing so well this weekend, wanting to know how he pulled those shots off? Now, again, I've kind of alluded to his his wedges in his five-wood um, already, so I'll just kind of break it down. So Webb's playing the Titleist TS3. He actually plays a 10.5-degree um, driver with an extra stiff or Torex shaft in there. Um, in his three wood, he's got a 15 degree, uh, his five wood, uh, now the three wood's a TS2, which is the current model. His five wood is actually the 913 series, um, and so it's actually a 2013, um, but that's just his go-to club. It's kind of like Henrik Stenson's three wood that was so magical for so long. Um, so his 18 degree hybrid, or 18 degree five wood there. Uh, Webb carries two hybrids in his bag. He's got a 913 and a 915 series. He's got a 21 and a 23 and a half. Um, then he steps into at the 5-iron going into the Titleist 620 MB blades, the new blade uh, MB muscle backs that they released this year. Looking at um, his wedge setup, kind of going back to Jeff's question, so he has a 54-degree and a 60-degree in his bag. So, again, very similar Um to the composition uh, that you'll see a lot of the guys out there. Uh, and then Webb's using the Tank Cruiser V-Line putter. Uh, again, has that little little bit longer putter to give him that stability in the field that he's looking for. Um, so really just when you're looking at the bag um, with the set makeups and stuff like that. So again, here's a guy that's carrying two fairway woods, two hybrids, uh, elite player on the tour, and already won twice in the 2020 season. So every player out there goes through tremendous testing with the manufacturer reps to find the best tools for them to do the job and again a lot of times they'll have multiple bag setups uh, i know mickelson when he was doing the two driver stuff went back when he won his masters if this golf course needed certain things he had to draw a driver he had to fade driver he had to pull something else out of his bag uh, we've seen mickelson put the 64 degree wedge in his bag um, when he started his career early on all he chipped with was the 60 he had a pitching wedge he had a 60 degree Everything inside um, between those was some type of knockdown pitch and wedge. Um, so, Corey, it's really about finding that set makeup. So, again, that this whole series today turned into the fitting and, and how to get more distance and, and fit your clubs best. Um, but, again, it helps when we see the guys on tour playing a little bit. We start to see them doing some of these same things. So, Corey, as far as going through uh, webs, what's in the bag, again, it's a mix of old and new. Uh, Adam Scott tried to win the Masters a couple years ago with a 907 driver, uh, which was a 2007 model. It's just something that he was comfortable with, and he could hit fairways. And these guys earn relationships with these clubs. It's pulled off the shots when they needed it to. New stuff comes out. They fade away from it, but they never get rid of it. And certain tournaments and circumstances bring those back. So, Corey, thanks for the question about Webb's bag. Well, everybody, we'll kind of wrap it up on that one. Uh, again, be safe uh, over the next coming couple of weeks. I know July is right around the, the corner next week. Uh, we'll be I'll actually have a really good um, interview for next week. It'll be a lot of fun. I won't tease it too much, but it's a good friend for a long time. Um, will be on the show with me. 
And um, there's no telling where this, these stories are going to go. But everybody, get out, play, have fun, take advantage of the beautiful weather. It's June, and just get out there, have fun, hit some more fairways, hit some more greens, and shoot those best scores that you can. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.